You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. I am your host, Carrie Murdoch, along with the entire crew, Josh McQuiston, Eddie Radosovich, and Bob Prisbillo. Where uh, we are just waiting for the SEC to finally vote and say, yes, Oklahoma, you can come and join our league. And then Friday, oh, you have a Regents meeting. Uh, so we are headed down the tracks. We had the emergency pod uh, late last week, and now we're back. Uh, and uh, it's not a lot has changed. I mean, I, I, guys, I think we kind of just are in that, that space where, you know, Lincoln Riley and uh, his coaches talked at the, uh, the the Citizens Advisory Board meeting, and, and Eddie, you, and Bob, Bob were both there. Uh, did not address anything. Of course, you would expect that he would not address. I mean, if Joe Castiglione uh, hasn't <laughs> spoken about it yet or anybody at the university, you wouldn't think that Lincoln would have been the first to do it yesterday. Uh, but here we are. Just to put it in perspective, and I, we, Bob and I were talking about this earlier today. One week ago, at the time of us recording this right now, nothing had happened. In fact, there were still a couple hours I before think we the went Houston Tuesday Cron- last week, right? Right, we went Tuesday last week, but even today's Wednesday, and even going back to last Wednesday, we're not at the one week mark, and it feels like it's been two months. It would have been like two hours away. Yeah, it would have been like two, the, like an hour away when we finished yeah, the podcast, like a little after two or something like that. It last, was a little after Wednesday. two. It was whenever uh, Jimbo was on the podiums is when the Houston Chronicle story broke. So. It has been, uh, you know, whirlwind. Coincidence. Total coincidence. Yeah, that just unbelievable coincidence, that isn't really it? That worked out in their favor. <laughs> that, yeah, that they planned ha- for the backlash. Hey, like I've said all week, when you're obsessive about something in the way A&M is obsessive about Texas, you don't realize how stupid you look to people around you. You're just oblivious to it, and they are oblivious. They thought they were going to come out looking like, the virtuous right people and instead they just look like noob idiots it's almost amazing to realize like how uncalculated that, that was a&m specializes in that though of just of being bold and, and idiotic yeah you're, you're not right like there's something almost honorable in it that they're just so consistently willing to be that guy um but like the we had a gentleman's agreement then you're an idiot you are idiots if you thought that a gentleman's agreement was going to stop billions of dollars from happening that that's that's just insane i was talking to uh, uh neil mccready of our old miss site yesterday on their podcast and 
the way he described it, it was, yeah, that was all going down, and Jimbo was on the podium, and I was talking to Ross Bjork about what it's like to be in a cult. And that was, I mean, like that's what it. I mean, I to- made total sense. Like you didn't have to explain that to anybody. Proper but, bonfire building techniques. Okay, that's what. That's mean. People have actually gotten fired over that. I don't know what you mean. It's been a long time. Um, but I think you know it, the the. The SEC dealing with A&M, like, they've had them long enough to understand what they're dealing with. Like, none of this is a surprise to them, just as it's not a surprise to any of us that, you know, lived with them in the Big 12 for as long as we did. It's just, it's amazing that they're still that way. (laughs) I mean, it was really interesting seeing Oklahoma State's new president pick up a little bit (laughs) of Texas A&M in her blood. She's had a rough week as well. Until a tequila sp- spokesman came out yesterday, put her- <laughs> <laughs> it was good to see Bob joining the uh, the op-ed side of uh, the journalism He's doing some world. Big J journalism before he takes that Fox gig. The way that we're headed right now, he may he may never join the Fox yeah, gig. He might not if he's if he's Look having out. to go and do games with uh, TCU and Baylor. I didn't come here to, or they didn't bring me in to coach TCU versus. Uh, or call TCU versus Cincinnati. You think we live in a bizarre world now? Just wait until Bob is doing uh, studio work for the SEC Network. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you've got to play some of his clips before he starts, right? Like that has to. That like, would be you've amazing. Clear the elephant in the room. That would be amazing. You know, it, it, it's uh, yeah. We talked to uh, Dari Noka this morning on 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 our radio show, and uh, it, it's it is. It's interesting because, you know, he's the face of the SEC network and he's an Oklahoma fan. Uh, and now his team is coming into the SEC. Uh, and it's it's been really interesting just watching ESPN and how they deal with it. Because we mentioned, you know, that, that all this stuff is getting ready to happen. But everybody, and I, I wrote about this the other day, you know, the, the Big 12 bylaws, everybody is just walking around on eggshells. And I know, like, all my friends are mad, like, why does it say 2025? Like, like what? Why are they going to wait that long? Nobody really thinks they're going to wait that long. But this is a bold game Dodd of might. this is a whole game of legalese that's being played right now. Yeah, and I it, it, I kind of joked this morning today. Like, if if you want to use the NBA Finals as an, as an example, today feels like it's kind of a travel day. It's like it's going to be the quiet day as far as uh, realignment goes, and then you jump into it on Thursday with the SEC presidents meeting and. Of course, Friday with the uh, special sessions of the Board of Regents down in Austin and uh, Norman slash Oklahoma City. You think if the SEC doesn't release the vote that A&M just goes to all its beat writers and say it was 13 to 1? Yes. Just so they they can let their fans know that they still voted against 100%. I I don't know if you guys saw the clip, but there was a clip running around from uh, the Texas Open yesterday, and Johnny Manziel gave a statement he was playing in it, shot 79s. 154th place out of 155 but uh he handled it better than anybody that is associated with I, yeah i didn't see this the uh, athletic department down in college station it was unbelievable he's just like yeah bring him on so is he disowned then for for having that mentality that's, probably it's not what you're supposed to do that the the biggest winning mentality from a loser there is 
I mean, he handled it better than anybody. If if Ross Bjork would have said that, nobody would have said anything. Like, ah, he's a human. I, he's an adult. I think Ross Bjork is just in a position where he I mean, is so... He, you he, look at like, his back, you can see the strings coming out of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just like he came you know, from elsewhere. He's never experienced anything like that. All he really knows is you better just do everything like you've never loved anything more than you love Texas A&M. Because that's how their fans are. Yeah, there's a lot of... I, I think you could say the same thing about, you know, what's come out of Stillwater here over the last couple of days, and that there is a lot of pandering to a fan base. And, you know, to expect something other than that is probably a little naive. And you he, should expect that every person that works for a university is going to stick up for their school right. during a time like this. And what's been... I think even it's kind of under the radar, guys, is just like, what the f*** is going on with Texas? Like, between OU and Texas, like, is this a bromance developing? I, In a way, if you, I was talking to a buddy about this the other day, and I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on it. And it's almost, I don't want to say scary, because I, I think that we've been in this position before as far as, you know, like kind of expecting Texas to get it together at some point. But maybe this is the first sign of like for the, for the news to never get out of Austin is maybe the biggest upset in all of this, that nobody was running their mouth down there. Right. And maybe this is a sign of, you know, maybe some, some changing times as far as the way that that athletic department is run. And I think that we all kind of agree if it is, that's really good news for Texas. I, that might be a little well, too conspiracy well, theory. Well, guys, uh, according to Heather Denich, she's an Texas idiot. has OU right where she where they want him, and now they're going to stab OU in the back as well. So, well, just I be mean, prepared. here's the way it goes sideways: uh, if Texas comes out and says, "Look, we've got the money to buy ourselves out," I'm sorry, you don't have the money, but right. we're going to go ahead and go, and you guys come when you can. Like that, to me, that's where things just fall apart. And I, I still think even if that happened, OU would go to the SEC. They wouldn't change their plans. But, like, if you want to know how the bromance breaks up, that's how it breaks up. You know, you'd have to break down the numbers on that because there's part of me that thinks that would be stupid. Like, it would almost be smarter for Texas to be like, okay, yeah, we're going to help you out of this deal because we're going to get more if we can get there in 2022 than if we have to wait and mess around with this until 2025. Because we're tied into the grand rights just like you are. But is there anyone that believes that Texas is going to pay OU share? Like, yeah, maybe. That, no, but, not really. Like, but oh, well, they owe them 160 million from the Longhorn Network, so they'll just use that to buy them both out. Like, one, OU. I don't think OU's going to just let someone pay their share. I mean, maybe they could do it and then pay back Texas on a loan, you know, over years or something. But even that looks bad. I mean, yeah, to would. owe Texas money. Like, would, would ESPN say that this is a way of uh, we're not necessarily paying Texas as much as we're paying, like, the SEC? Or, I mean, uh, the Big Yeah, 12. they'd have to frame it like, look, Texas got the network. It didn't work. This money is going to free up you guys because sure. you know Oklahoma, you got screwed over by this too. I mean, it's all blood money, anyways, isn't it? It really is. I, I, I guess it doesn't matter, but there are people out there that would like lose their shit over Texas paying for yeah. like, Oklahoma's. It's like uh, it's like you know 
two older couples out at dinner, it's like, of course, somebody's going to get mad about it. And I mean, that just seems like it, it's, it's like it's also it feels like that is Texas's arrogance speaking out too. that like there would even be a report out there to say, well, Texas is going to come in and save OU and get them out faster. Like that's not really all of a sudden it's, it's just a weird dynamic that's involved. So I just don't I don't really think that that's the way it's going to work out. Like I don't even know. I, I, I don't know. It's just the whole, that whole scenario to me seems unlikely and strange. I think it's more likely that ESPN will just swoop in, offer to, you know, buy everybody out, and then some of your share will just continue to go back to ESPN for a number of years when you're in the SEC. There is a lot of, like, that kind of stuff that is kind of fascinating to see how it's all going to work out. And then, obviously, like, what the ramifications are for the – what I have come to love, the irate eight. I think that's a beautiful nickname for the, <laughs> the remaining eight teams. Well, here's the deal, too. Like, we can talk about the bylaws and this, that, and everybody got, oh, God, we got into third-year law student talk on the message boards because everybody wanted to kind of pick apart the bylaws and whether it meant OU was in this term or that term or if they could vote, not vote. Like, it just got way into it. In oh, any type weeds. of court case or any type of leg- legislators that get involved in this, they're wasting their time. Yeah, but I would agree. But the whole thing is, when you look at... I don't even know exactly where I was going with that now. I lost train of thought. As far as uh, OU and the bylaws? Like, in being breach of... Uh, you know, no, that wasn't like where I was going. The accusation out of oh, Stillwater? No, I know where I was going. Okay, so like we've talked all about that bylaw shit to no end. The thing we don't have is the television contracts between sure. the Big 12 and the SEC, or the Big 12 and, the, and ESPN and Fox, because I am sure that in those television contracts, it says when they did the deal, like if you fall below 10 members, you have to replace them. And I'm sure ESPN and Fox would want to have some input on who they replace them with. Like, they wouldn't just want to go get a couple of idiots that they're going to pay them $5 million and keep the rest of it. Like, they're going to give them a third share or something because it's two shitty teams and they just want to steal a bunch of money until 2025. So, I mean, that's the other part of this. Like, yes, Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. Do Fox? I'm sure Fox really cares. Does ESPN care? who they have to bring in to replace. Because I'm sure that they, they're contractually obligated to replace Oklahoma and Texas with someone. Good luck. They can't just be the <laughs> spite. What is it? The, what, is it the hateful eight? Irate eight. Irate, Irate eight. I think that was coined by, uh, it was either Staples or Max Olson, I believe. I kind of like it. So, I, look, I, the minutiae of it all... Will work out at some point. It's truly unbelievable. They're gonna, there's gonna be a buyout. You know, they'll, they'll be. I do believe that they'll be in the SEC before 2025, and they're going to get ready to vote them in on Thursday, Friday. I don't know what OU will do at their Regents meeting, other than I don't know if it'll, if the entire thing will be in executive session, and they'll just tell the Regents how it's going to move forward as far as with the conference and negotiating a buyout and all that stuff and what their options are. Sure. Maybe that's all that is. 
Yeah, I wonder if Joe and Joe will talk. Because, I mean, they're listed as people that will be in attendance. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if they'll be at a point Friday afternoon where they'll be ready to say at least something. It's sort of amazing, too, that we're going to get all the way to Friday and, you know, the, the SEC presidents will have met. O, OU and Texas have both applied for membership. And this will be the first time, at least on record, that we know of the Board of Regents even meeting to talk about something like this. Well, it is. I mean, it is interesting that when they released it, it did mention open to the public. Like, they, yeah, it's almost like they want to make it a celebration. They, they always are. They always are, though, I mean, aren't they? Yeah, I know. But yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't usually say that in a press sure. release. You I just have to kind of know like, oh, it's a Board of Regents meeting. It's open to anyone. Sure. It's not a very it's not a very big room. So if a lot of people show up, it's going to get weird in a hurry. <laughs> Is it that room that they usually have had it in over there at the Oklahoma City? Is it, the, is it at the uh, the the library? But what's weird is you know for Porter Motors con uh, uh, contract, it was actually you know usually we go executive session and they kick us out and you wait in that like lounge area. Right. Yeah. That 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 became the room because all the chairs were split by six feet. So I, I don't know if they'll change where Fridays is gonna be. Yeah, it's the University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center. So, and they'll 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 have it at different places at times. Like they've had it over. You've been over at Lawton before when mm-hmm. they've had it. And so, yeah, I mean, I I I assume that's what'll happen. I would assume that Joe Harris and Joe Castiglione will speak. I have I have I guess to update last week's discussion. Yes, I have received a text back from Joe C. Uh, no, it was nothing about the SEC. It was just, hey, uh, look forward to when I can finally talk to you about this. It's like the equivalent of how about that ride in? <laughs> it's basically what it was, wasn't it? It was probably, it was like, please stop texting me. You know I can't answer you. It is, uh, it's been insane. You know, guys, I, I know on Friday we kind of put our uh, initial thoughts on, you know, I guess overall basically the death of the Big 12 and, uh, the initial news of OU to the SEC, but uh, you know, Josh, Bob, did you guys? What, what was your just overall reaction to the news? Because I'll be honest, I think when everything kind of came out, and I, I'm usually not a big nap guy, but I woke up from a nap, and I'm glad that I was asleep because my initial reaction would have been to just completely shit on the idea of OU and Texas going to the SEC. Fascinate. I'll yeah. let Bob take it, but all right. Yeah, Fascinate. All right. Both, I, go f*** yourself, I think we were both waiting for the other one to go. Bob, Bob knows I'm a rude ass, so he was just counting on me Politeness to get started. never so. wins on a, yes. a four-way conversation. So true. Go, Josh. Um, no, you know, I, I'm with you, Eddie. Like, if you would have told me this time last week, I'm like, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. But just, you know, as what we've all learned over the last week is just the – intricacy of this plan i mean like it's clearly it feels like two months ago ou texas and greg sankey were sitting down saying okay on july 27th ou and texas will officially announce that they are you know uh removing their grant of rights from the big 12 for past 2025 and then we'll announce that we are accepting a or that we have received an application it just it feels so orchestrated and so well done that it's one of those things that almost as soon as you realize that it was actually real, you almost had the same realization that this is going to happen. It wasn't a, oh, this is up in the air, you know, this is kind of interesting, it's something OU and Texas are looking at. Once you crossed off the 
the doubt that this could even be a erroneous report or A&M was throwing something against the wall, it was like this this is almost a done deal. It, it just it amazes me with how well Castiglione, Sankey, and Del Conte handled this whole thing. For for me it comes down to, you know, Bob Boldly just not doing hmm. anything in like the last five, six years to make sure this didn't happen. Like you survived the first round in 2010 when it looked like something w- was was going to go down and and it's like he breathed a sigh of relief that they didn't drown but in, in but he never worked to get the conference in a better position and just like OU in Texas just kept having to put everything on their shoulders and carry the load year after year and then when they realize you know there's something better out there and we can reasonably attain this and make this happen and where we're at is never going to get better it it is time to bolt and it is it, i'm never reminded more bob of the stupid every game matters slogan it's like they fell into that and that mm-hmm. became their identity and they just never thought like maybe this shouldn't be our identity <laughs> like maybe exactly. maybe we should stop listening to our own bullshit that nobody is buying anyway uh, and actually be proactive and try and get a couple more teams. Like, it, it's just like it boggles the mind that, like, you looking back at it now, it's easy to have hindsight, but yeah, we probably should have been raising more hell about, you know, every game doesn't matter with 10 teams in a 12 team conference. <laughs> it might be hard Cut. to. <laughs> it, 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 the perfect example is literally anytime something like that, like something like that slogan comes out we would make fun of it on this pod like it was like that's dumb that's ridiculous literally the second the sec becomes a possibility eddie and carrie are chanting sec on the damn emergency podcast like it's it's just like (laughs) there's such a clear gulf between the way those two organizations are run that I, i i mean you know like the sec you you give it the benefit of the doubt Anything the Big 12 touches, you're like, that's probably stupid. Like, I don't know for sure, but I'm betting that's dumb. Eddie, I think Josh is jealous we didn't start the podcast and include him in the chant this week. I know. I'm almost losing my voice. That's why I'm eating on these uh, cough drops. Oh, Josh, been, oh, I've been doing Josh it all week. You got, you want, you, do you want, Josh, do you want to do the chant? I'll do the chant with you. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I will. I, I honestly, Damn I'm it, one of those people that. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Nope, just do it. I, I have no part Come in it. On, no let's part. Go. None. Let's do this. None part. Let's do this. None part. S E C. S E C. S E C. There's two things you got to do to get in this conference. You either got to do the chant or you got to fuck your sister. One of the two. It's you're up. To, it's We're up to you. Trying. Look, we want them to like us, Eddie. Don't, don't do this. I don't want to be liked. <laughs> don't do this. I don't want to be liked by this group. <laughs> I, I see. I, I'm with Eddie. I want the people that like. Oh, you I want ironic chance. Like if OU wins the national championship this year, I want ironic chance of Big Twelve. Look, if, if at the game, if, no, I think OU, they would have to chant SEC. If OU does pull it out and they do win a championship this year, national championship. <laughs> They'll be the villains, and I'll, and I'll be fine yep. with that. But OU will be hated coming into the SEC if they're coming off of winning a national championship. They need to embrace they, ex- yeah, exactly. the villain, I think that's been villain a role. big rev, uh, revelation for some fans this week. You are the bad guy. You need to accept it. I mean, like OU needs to come in. And this is the reality of it. OU needs to come in there swinging their dicks, saying, 
we're not the ones that let Alabama win our conference every year. We win our conference. Like, they need to have some bravado when they walk in there. Don't don't you dare allow these losers that never win shit and, and base their entire identity on the fact that they're in a conference don't let them tell you how to feel or how like, to how to how to be. It's the first day that all sixteen of them are in the the uh, the cafeteria together, and like OU or Texas even talks back to Alabama. It's like I didn't know we could do that. <laughs> and that and you shank Texas A and M on the way to you know. Well, I said talking shit to I Alabama. Think I, I told a Baton Rouge radio station. It's like the first day OU needs to go in and kick the shit out of Vanderbilt. It's like beating somebody up on the first day of prison. Yeah, you got to beat them up. You got to find the, the smallest guy and make him your bitch. I thought it was the other way around. I thought, I thought it was the other way around. You had to find the biggest guy goes. and beat him up. Well, and for this instance, <laughs> it's going to be the smallest guy, and it's going to be Vanderbilt. Lincoln Riley, his new offensive line, new quarterback in 2022 is going to be like, Alabama, we want you. You know, it, it will be interesting to see when this comes to pass. I've talked to a couple people over the last week, and it seems like 2023 – is circled like I was even asked like where are you guys getting this 2022 idea I just don't know like we know it's not going to be 2025 we know that OU and Texas they're going to get out of it it the Big 12 is either going to have to take in some teams or you're going to have to um, you know basically disband and based off some of the stuff you heard from uh, Pac-12 media days on Tuesday was kind of weird I don't really know like what their angling is on this but uh you know, it's going to be interesting to see when it all kind of comes to pass. You sit what, me down. What would you guys rank it like in terms of likeliness, likelihood? Sorry, I think twenty twenty three has to be seen as the most likely date. Right. Maybe the easiest but, route is to twenty twenty three, but the way things have have worked, and especially over the last seven days, twenty twenty two wouldn't surprise me at all. The problems the, here's the problems. Uh, I think the first problem is going to be. The Big 12, if they had two teams lined up to come in, they'd be willing to work things out. Sure. I don't think they're going to get two teams in that are going to satisfy ESPN and Fox. And I think it'll be tough just from that standpoint is the other members won't walk away. Now, if, if the best-case scenario is if OSU and Tech and KU all want to bolt. And yes. then, you know, the whole thing falls apart. And you can, look, you can talk about, you know, super majority and 75% and all that. Those are the conference bylaws. And I go back to, what about the TV contract? Sure. Because if you lose the TV contract, you lose all that revenue. And, I mean, <laughs> is there even a conference anyway? That's why the, uh, the, the reactions, and particularly out of Stillwater, which I completely understand. I know that we've said that a million times, but... It's almost like Mean Girls in a way. Like OSU's bitching at OU about leaving, and uh, they turn to you know Kansas State turns to him and says like, "What are we gonna do about this?" And OSU says, "We we're leaving too." Like, what do you mean, <laughs> we? By the way, can I? Uh, you sent me down a small rabbit hole about prison movies. Mm -hmm. You realize that Rob Schneider's directorial debut, Big Stan. Is actually not a terrible movie. I don't think I've seen it. Big I don't think Stan? very many people have. Yeah, Big Stan. No, uh, doesn't ring a bell. I'm sorry. 
Rob Schneider's directorial debut is where your mind goes in a prison movie, and that's what you think that's a small rabbit hole. It's a movie. About I think you went pretty far down it. It's a a movie about a dude that learns karate, and then goes to prison and just kicks everyone's ass. Yeah, I think I'm because they're all criminals or what? Like, why is he kicking everyone's ass? I think he just. He wanted he to learn beat, karate. He learned karate, he wanted and he wanted to, to beat the shit out of some people. Yeah. So he, he sure. went to prison to do it. Well, I mean, I'm sure we have a lot of karate masters in our listening group, and they will tell you that is not the purpose <laughs> a, of karate. There's a really good scene where... I wonder what our prison numbers are looking like. Yeah, I bet we have some prison numbers. That'd be pretty cool. We should bring a prisoner I think, on. I think we all have pretty attractive voices, so that could you know that could play a role there. you got to think about it. That's a, that's a consideration. We'll send Kersey for the uh, conjugal visit. <laughs> what? He's not going to be happy about that. That's fine. You're going to get a text, me, an angry text. Uh, all right, so I know. What's the, what's the movie that they they make fun of? Like all the Rob Schneider movies? Is it uh, <laughs> is it Tropic Thunder? And it's like Rob Schneider. I think no. I think that's just the that's. It just might be the, a Saturday Night Live bit. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a South. It's a it's a South Park. South Park, that's right. Oh, oh, yeah. Good call. Snyder is yes. a carrot. Yes, and they like go through all these just ridiculous things, <laughs> and then derp derp derp. Yes, good call. Uh, so Josh, I know you have talked to some recruits, and and we've seen some of that response and things like that. Uh, have there been you know other conversations that you've been having with with guys? Maybe you really, you know, you have you haven't really put out there, or some things behind the scenes that you've heard that that have been interesting to you. Yeah, I mean, what what is interesting is that some of the guys I've talked to have been uh, very kind of vocal about it, but I don't, you know, it's almost like they don't want to either a like comment publicly, like they'll say it, but hey, man, it's between you and me, we're just kind of talking here, or. They are, or they just flat out are more interested. I mean, like unanimously, any guy I've talked to has um, is clearly more interested. I mean, when I talk to about, especially the committed guys, like I talked to Malachi Nelson, and honestly, I should have had that in woke today. I'm just realizing I forgot to put that in there. You know, number two overall player in the country. I forgot to get his quote on the Big Twelve or the SEC in Who there. Who is actively so that's wanting a, to recruit for OU? Yeah, yeah. So that's a real win for me. Way to go, Josh. Um, but no, he he was absolutely like that's amazing. I, I think that's an awesome opportunity. Uh, was just very you know saying all the. the I mean, it's it's the stuff you'd expect. But there's no question. This is meaningful. I think of all the guys I've talked to, the one that I think is the most interesting is Amaria Bohr. Um, talked to him, I think it was Sunday, just for a little while. And he, he mentioned, you know, that this is, this makes Oklahoma more, uh, more appealing. This is, uh, I think it's really interesting, that possibility. And I know I've talked to some people as of late. That have mentioned the possibility that that some Ohio State people think a board would like to stay a little closer to home, if at all possible. Well, okay, uh, you know, you look at the three schools everybody kind of associates with him are Oklahoma, Alabama, and Ohio State. Only one of those provides that opportunity. Now, I don't think it's a make or break thing for him, but it it gives Oklahoma a little more ammunition. And you know, uh, again, for those that don't know, we have a 
a family member of his that, that pro- sometimes provides some information on the board. And it definitely sounds like of the coaches he deals with, Jamar Kane is, 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 is as much a favorite of his as any coach he's involved with. He likes Jamar Kane a lot. And Josh, you mentioned him. Is there any other 2022 club? We know it could mean something for 23, 24 going down the road, but just for 2022, is there anyone, is like a gay Dindy, is that someone that now you say, hey, wait a minute, that becomes more realistic than it was last week? I think you. I think he's absolutely one of the guys that you look at and say, "What does A and M hold over Oklahoma?" Because I, it feels like that's an A and M OU battle. Clemson is involved, but he kind of backed out of that visit he was going to take last weekend. So there's some stuff kind of moving around there. But I think it's it's going to come down to OU and A and M. And from everything I gather, mom and dad are on board with OU. When you. And, and people have kind of gotten onto, well, his parents are going to move to College Station for this, the, the ministry job that his father has taken. Okay, that's great. But it's hard to, it's hard to tell yourself internally, or you'd have to think it's hard to tell yourself internally, well, I'm going to go to College Station or go to A&M so I can be closer to my parents who are telling you to go to Norman. Like that, that doesn't, that, those, those lines don't connect for me. So I, I think that's really interesting. The guy that I thought, you know, now having some time to kind of think it over, the guy that I thought was the most interesting reaction was Gentry Williams. Um, it almost felt like Gentry Williams was so excited, and he kind of told me, and then he was like, maybe I said too much. Um, so from that point forward, he was a little more cautious about it, but he was he was like, that's amazing. Like, I mean, he, he really was. It, it was clearly an exciting thing for him because I think that's been Gentry's hang-up is – what we've talked about with DBs for years with Oklahoma. Do you really want to go to the Big 12 and get, you know, and get run all over the field by these teams throwing 45 times a game? Now, we won't get into whether that's a silly narrative that, that has just lived far too long or whatever, but that's, that's what a lot of these guys believe. And so I, I think it's really an interesting idea for him to go out and challenge himself against the best players in the country. Which you know, argue whatever you want. Those guys exist in the SEC. Let me ask you if if this had been in place years ago and wasn't just happening, do you think that this would have turned the tide against like Bobby Proctor uh, and uh, Josh Proctor? Josh Proctor, Bobby Proctor. I think Bobby Proctor probably <laughs> signed. Yeah, could have been a, Bobby Proctor. Yeah, yeah. I think. Still, I think. Yeah. Oh, you could have landed Bobby Josh Proctor, Proctor for sure. And. Uh, um, Kid that went to Michigan, Dax Dax Hill. Dax. I. I mean, Dax Hill was never really like Proctor, like where Proctor's actually, you know, seriously torn. I think at one point, I don't think it ever got that way with Dax. I think I think Dax probably still does what he did, but maybe it makes it more interesting. Maybe you know, hey, that idea of I could play in the SEC. I'm not going to have to play against my brother, you know, like may- maybe there's there's some connection there, you know, the just kind of spitballing a little bit. Um I um with Josh <sighs> maybe maybe it's enough even with what was so much of what I've always heard about be, Josh Proctor might to had assume. nothing to do with what what conference OU was in, or right. really even, I mean, 
yes, it was who was recruiting him, but it was more about what they weren't doing recruiting him. Yeah, I was going to say he didn't like the relationship. Let's assume that the coaches weren't here, and we won't say. Anything. Yes, if you're if you're telling me it's Grinch Manning and OU to the SEC, Josh Proctor is probably on OU's roster right now. Yeah, I know that's just a big hypothetical, but I sure. I guess I'm sure. just I'm just you know we've always we've been talking so much about you know oh oh you lost out on you know the number one guy this year, but there were you know this this and that that made that happen. Like I have to think the SEC is now a card with in-state kids. Just like it has been in Texas for a lot of kids with A and M that takes away absolutely. takes away a lot of you know indecision. Oh, there, there's no doubt. I mean that that's absolutely something that just oh you can fall back on. They can just say you know hey in because I mean that's that's what half the SEC schools do. Hey, if you're in doubt, we're in the SEC. No, <laughs> where do I sign? Like it 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 makes things more simple. It really does. The thing. That I keep harping on, and I, you know, obviously, like you guys have been on various radio shows and pod and all this stuff, and kind of just what this means to OU. I think the thing people are going to end up probably a little bit wrong on is that this is just going to be some huge change for Oklahoma's recruiting in the Southeast. Don't get me wrong, there might be a player or two per year that OU wouldn't have gotten that they get now. Do I think that's going to be a five star? No. I don't. I, I, like I've said over and over again, okay, OU goes to Florida and is going to recruit this five-star guy. Are they most of the time going to choose OU over in-state Florida? No. Why? Why? I mean, you're, you're going to, or I mean, you're going to do that because OU's in the SEC. You can go to Florida and stay in the SEC. You know, it, it doesn't. That doesn't really compute for me. Where I think it is going to make a big difference is in the areas where OU has already had some success. You think Oklahoma is attractive to California kids when yeah, they the come in and watch OU you know. when they come in and watch OU play Kansas State? Eh, okay, sure. I mean, they're clearly having some success, so yes. But imagine when that home game is Texas A&M or LSU or somebody great like that. That is where I think you really start to see OU kind of take it to another level. What about a guy like a Chris McClellan? Does it change Anything for a guy that you know might have been looking to go play in the Big Ten at Ohio State does does a draw to the SEC help for would that be a good example of an in-state kid? I, I think that is a very good example, especially considering the position he plays. Sure, I mean you're talking about defensive line; those guys know the best line best line play either side of the ball is consistently going to be found in the SEC. So I, I think that is a huge thing for Oklahoma. I guarantee it's something they are already, you know, well, no, that's not right. I don't want to say that. As soon as the ink has dried and it's clear OU is moving forward, that is a pitch that will come up immediately. And I guarantee you it's something that Chris McClellan's already thinking about. I mean, because he, he likes OU. I, I, we've said before, if OU would have, you know, offered him way back when he wanted to be offered and all of these things, I, I, I think OU's clearly the leader right now. I, I, I think that is what it is. They ended up waiting, and now they're in a dogfight with Ohio State and a couple of others. So that, uh, I, I again, I just think you're giving yourself one extra advantage. You're giving yourself kind of just another, you know, another pitch that you can make when you're sitting in in the living room with mom, dad, and the recruit, and all of these things. So yeah, I, I think Chris McClellan's a great example. Um, and you know, you talk to these guys. I mean, this is. 
it's not just about going into the southeast. It's about, you know, landing in-state guys or Texas guys or any other guys that maybe would have chosen you if they would have felt that was a real option. Guys, a, a good example, Marvin Wilson. And I know Marvin Wilson didn't go to the SEC, but he went to Florida State. The relationship he had with Calvin Thibodeau, if Calvin Thibodeau could have told him, hey, we're an SEC school, we're going to play the best, you got a chance to, you know, we're going to play in Texas some, we're going to play at A&M, you'll get to, you know, your family can come up from Houston. That You're just giving yourself more bullets to fire, basically. It's, it's also kind of funny that, you know, I think that even if OU does get – it's almost expected they were supposed to get an uptick in recruiting. I think it's been pretty obvious over the last couple of years that things are getting better. And people are going to look at the 2022 class and depending on how it you know finishes out and closes out and even the 2023 and so on. And they're going to say, well, this is an immediate effect of a move to the SEC. When in reality, it's probably a little bit of everything at play as far as it was already expected to be really, really good. Yeah, I mean, in twenty twenty three. It's yeah, and we kind of joked about you know, uh, well, OU's defense it's getting better and it's probably going to be really good this year, uh, and the narrative is going to be when they go to the SEC, like, well, see, finally they get a defense when they they move to the SEC. That's what the SEC does for you. Like, we, we need to put it like in stone. There needs to be a maybe even a water tower in Norman that's started playing defense in like in parentheses again in 2019. If OU or, uh, wins, 2020, I guess. If OU wins a national championship, I'm making the T-shirts. Fuck you. We are already good. SEC <laughs> already claimed it. I thought you yeah. wanted to be liked. What? What? You, you <laughs> got to pick a side here, Carrie. Everybody knows I'm bipolar. <laughs> All right. Just look at my Twitter. Huh? Sure, sure. That's a long uh, T-shirt too. I'm gonna have to shorten that. <laughs> it's just, just you SEC logo. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm we trying sell to a lot of those a message too. though. You SEC doesn't that now? That's that's just being outwardly hostile. <laughs> okay. You just want the nuance to be noted. I got you. Okay. Not Judge Roy Moore on the front. No. I am enjoy. I have teased Jason Kersey on Twitter, and I am enjoy- enjoying tremendously that he is confused about it. Again, I've done too much radio lately. Like it's, it's just. Oh yeah. I think, full disclosure. I, I think Carrie forgot tried. we were podcasting. Today. I did. No, I did. I, I I went and took a nap, and Eddie texted. He had to call I was, me. I was like, like I was here. like knocking on the door, and like, I, and I was like, oh shit, we're just going to set today. set me up to get stung by a wasp again. I mean, <laughs> it was a hornet or a hornet, whatever get, it is. Get, don't. Talk shit on the wasps like that, they probably wouldn't have stung you. Hornets are just mean little bastards. They really fair, are. Fair. Uh, My apologies to the Hornet community. I'm going to tell you, I, I do not recommend just sitting on the internet 24-7 for like five straight days. It fries your brain. But it, it drives you mad because there's so it much really out did. there right now. Yep. I mean, it literally messed up my brain. And you know what the funny thing is? It's easy for us. Like You kind of know where everything's going as far as OU and Texas go. Can you imagine covering Oklahoma State right now or Texas Tech or whoever with what so guys, much in limbo? Let me ask you, what do you guys think realistically happens to OSU? Well, I don't Pac-12. think that I don't think Big Is that 10, realistic? I don't think Big Ten's an option. Big Ten's not an option. Kansas and Iowa State will go to the Big Ten. And here's the other thing. Like, I know it's been floated out there a couple times this morning, but what if the Pac twelve and the Big Ten start some type of alliance? And then yeah. all of a sudden, the Pac-12 says, 
I think we're probably pretty good. We don't need to expand. That's, I mean, that's probably the worst case scenario out there for Oklahoma State, the aren't they? The problem for Oklahoma State is the Pac 12 already has a money problem, and they don't help them with that. Sure. Right. Which is hard for them to accept, too. They I, think they do. They really don't bring that. And it's not OSU's they fault. The they're, a, they're a good athletic program. They deserve to be in a Power Five conference. That's the thing. Like, but the you know that. I know mess. that. Bob knows that. Josh knows that. That Oklahoma State's come drastically from where they were over the last 20 years, even. But I don't know if, like, nationally, if it's respected like that in a way. And obviously, the people that are going to listen to this are like, you know, f them. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> they, they hate whenever we talk about OSU. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Spe- just, especially like in a in a sign that they deserve respect. Yeah. yeah. I the one no. thing I do know about the Oklahoma State thing is you better enjoy Bedlam this year because you're not getting it for a while. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go ahead and say if you can be at Bedlam this year, be there. That that is gonna be a shit show that I just can't wait to watch. Oh, you might have to take extra security. Uh Yes. Yeah. I mean, I almost got decapitated by a chicken wing nine years ago. <laughs> the game when they de- decapitated. Yeah. It's a little dramatic. It almost took my head it's off. A little dramatic. It almost, I'm lucky that I got out of there. The bottles were the problem, not the, yeah. the chicken wings. Yes. What was that? Was that 13? That was yeah, the 13. year when yeah. they when they tried to trip they tried striker. to trip striker. Yeah, I think that's the, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the reason why Kevin Clintworth blocked me. I mean, oh, you used like seven quarterbacks that day, and they still threw a perfect pass to win the game. All you need to know is Kendall Thompson threw an interception in that game. <laughs> well, so did uh, who was the the holder? And Grant Botham threw. Grant, Grant Botham, no, he pass. threw a touchdown. Yeah, he threw a touchdown pass to uh, uh, Michael Honeycutt, right? Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Another a, a touchdown from a holder. That was uh, that was a pretty good Bob Stoops game. At looking back on it, just for that team to go up there and be able to win. Justin Gilbert drops the interception. Clearly dropped it. <laughs> I think Oklahoma State buddies will get a text message after that. But it was that uh, that is also probably the coldest game I've ever been down on the field oh, for. It was terrible. One hundred percent. It was worse than Manhattan the week before. Both of yeah, those, those games back are back weeks were that that's about as cold as I think OU's played in in the last ten years. I always appreciate that's right because that was the week before you Bob and I were all at the state championship game. At TU, I think watching Stephen Parker Stephen all Parker. those years yep. ago. Oh, that's right. That's right. And it was snowing, and you were like, "This is nothing compared to Stillwater." Like, it, it, and it was, yeah, it was it was cold that night in Tulsa, and you were just like, "This is nothing." I did six a.m. radio outdoors in a trailer uh, that morning. I mean, <sighs> it was awful. It was awful, awful. I I can't even imagine. But you had to stand out in it the whole thing, so I don't know why. I'm no, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. Uh, I survived. Maybe stronger. No, I just I. To me, if if I play it out in my head, the only thing that seems like it's gonna that is going to work is if the Big Twelve just stays together. I just don't and just know. Just ekes out that contract. Like, I mean, <laughs> but eventually that money's gonna die. They've got to think did, of it that way. What you did you see Fitz's? Uh, uh, Tim Fitzgerald's like suggestion uh-uh. as far as if Mm-mm. things aren't going to break up until 2023, the Big 12 should go immediately and invite a Central Florida or whoever and make OU and Texas play a year with those teams. 
in the conference. I kind of found that to be an interesting uh, proposal. I don't think it'll happen, but. Like negotiate that into their departure? Yes. Like you have to, and you not only do you have but to play they, them, but you have to go to get, Orlando and you have to go to Provo if, or wherever. If Cincinnati they're going to get the money, yeah, like give OU all road games yeah. and Texas all yeah. road games. <laughs> If you're going to negotiate for uh, and, and ask for 150, because they're going to ask for more than just the TV, they're going to ask for damages and penalties and stuff. If you're going to ask for all that stuff, you can't force them to stick around. Like once you determine that dollar right. figure, sure, you have to be able to let them cut. And bait. I get that. And that would be funny to force them to play, which is another way of acknowledging that OU and Texas are the only way those schools would would make money too. Guys, had you seen that quote from Iowa State's athletic director prior to that Pete Thamel story, or I guess late last week, about I mean, basically without OU in Texas, they'd be the whack? Oh, I didn't see that. From Jamie Pollard? Yeah. He said that? Yeah. From, it, was like, it was like a quote from like 2016. Oh, it was oh, a while okay. ago. Okay. Yeah, and he was yep. saying, you know, we, we understand <laughs> that without Oklahoma and Texas, we're pretty much the whack. And I was, while I appreciate the honesty, why the hell would you ever say it? Stuart Mandel said some weird things over the last couple weeks, but I did find his story pretty interesting yesterday on The Athletic. Yeah. Comparing TV ratings ratings from Mm -hmm. OU and Texas, which is, you know, astronomical compared to everything else. And uh, you throw somebody else in there, not OU or Texas, and it is very comparable to the AAC. Can't even get to a million. Yeah. It's amazing. And the AAC makes like $8 million or something. Oh, yeah. It's like pocket change yeah. compared to what OU makes. Or the Big well, 12, I mean. It might be like and 30. That's, and that's the tie-in problem that the Big 12 is going to have. Because if, if you've got a deal with, okay, guys, if you don't jump when you get the opportunity at the Big 10, the Pac-12, the ACC, whatever it's going to be, you might get left making cutting your revenue by 75%. Like, Nobody can they, that cannot be maintained. So they're as soon as somebody gets a real offer, they're going to jump, and that's when this whole thing falls apart. And that's why, like I said, I think twenty twenty five of the four years that we kind of see as a window, that twenty twenty five is the least possible of the four to me because it's going to happen. And whether all these schools will find a place or not, you, some will because. It's just like why the SEC took OU in Texas because they don't want them to go somewhere else. You, the Big Ten may not want you know Kansas all that badly, but they sure don't want them to go to the ACC or the Pac-12 or somewhere else and make those conferences stronger while we've done nothing. They, they saw Bob Bowlesby could tell them what that looks like. Yeah, I just I it's. It is like you you look at some of the schools like Kansas has basketball. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean decisions aren't being made on basketball anymore. Mm-mm. I mean no. you can basketball having a great basketball program is not going to make your TV deal any better. And Kansas's no, football the, is so bad. Well, there's just so much politics opening in it. Opening up that that market would be my pitch. Bring the Kansas City market into yep. the Big 10 would be what I how I would phrase it. I mean, I would imagine if you're just looking at resumes, and I think this probably just kind of reinforces the idea that the logo on the helmet means a shit ton in college athletics, but if you looked at just the resumes, I mean, it'd be hard to turn down what Oklahoma State's done over the last 
decade as an athletic department from top to bottom. But wrestling doesn't, you know, for these purposes, they don't care what, mm-hmm. what you do on the wrestling mat. They don't care what you do on the golf wrestling, course or golf. baseball yep. or mm-hmm. softball, wherever. Here's the problem is the SEC is poised to be dominant moving forward oh, because I... they're backed by ESPN. The problem that the Big Ten has is currently, yes, they have a contract with ESPN, but their 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 bigger contract is with Fox, and Fox owns 51% of the Big Ten network. There's a chance that ESPN could pull out of Big Ten, you know, wanting to do Big Ten stuff, and that would severely decrease the revenue. Your footprint, you know, doesn't matter as much anymore. Your your cable tie-ins are shrinking every year. People are cutting the cords. Like, I think the Big Ten is facing, you know, a, a deal where they eventually have to uh, maybe look at going digital, you know, having a, a, a plus service instead of, you know, making all that money with the network. And I have no idea... Now that DirecTV is sold, you know, if that's still going to be, you know, if that's ever going to become an issue. Because it's like you see the stuff with Sinclair after they bought, you know, the the regional networks from Fox Sports. They can't get any damn carriage deals. Yeah. And they want too much money. And they're talking about going to a digital-only model where they make people pay like $28 a month to watch a baseball team if you or your, your basketball team. What's amazing is, is Good the, luck. the numbers that uh, the Steve Berkowitz guy that writes for USA Today does the financials right, for like yeah. college sports world and stuff. And the projected numbers for the SEC, $1.3 billion by 2024-2025. Which with is OU more Texas, than the rest of the, big, or the NCAA. It would outgain the revenue that the NCAA produces, which I think a lot of people have kind of pointed to. Like if they're going to go down that road, the NCAA could be in a lot of trouble. I mean, I think that... The, no, I think the NCAA... I, we I, could figure out a way to replace the NCAA tournament real quick. I talked about this, I don't know where, because I've been on everything. But to me, uh, like we keep attacking certain things. Like the BCS was there, and everyone attacked it and said, this isn't... You need to do something better. And so, well, first it was the Bowl Alliance or whatever that was when you know you just had two teams. Then you had the BCS. Everybody's like, we need a playoff. So then you get a playoff. And that happens with, with everything. It's like, you got to pay the players. This is not right. And then you do cost of attendance. Well, and, and then so now these players are getting five, $6,000 extra a year. Uh, and they're like, that's not good enough. You need to you know do name image likeness. And then people are passing laws. And like, we keep finding things to criticize the NCAA over. And then we fix them. And then we find something else. Now the next thing is the NCAA needs to be abolished and schools just need to be able to do what they want. So that's going to become the big ticket item. And we're going to see the NCAA in, out of existence in the next 10 years, in my opinion. Unless they wake up and are ready to make in some changes, which you know, I think based on Mark track Emmert's record, still gonna be there? not going to happen. He's Bob Bowlesby in his way out of the door. Man. Guys, this, I tweeted something last week. The scary part is Bob Bowlesby was a massive improvement over his his predecessor. Dan Beebe was a moron. <laughs> Dan Beebe was a clown. But fake Dan Beebe came back last week. It might all be worth it just to get him back in yeah, the uh, the Twitterverse. Good. It's been wild. I 
never would have thought that we would see the day. I never thought I would see the day that OU. I literally never thought it was going to happen. And especially after Big 12 Media Day. Bob and I literally had the conversation on the way back from Arlington, like, smooth waters. Everything feels pretty good right now with the Big 12. And come to find out one week later, it'd be completely screwed. I really did have that feeling because that's what Bowlesby was projecting. We right. just we didn't realize what an idiot he was and how out that's of, not his, how exactly to, you can't follow his yeah his lead. okay I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a second what could Bob Bowlesby have done and I'm not saying he couldn't have done anything I'm saying I don't know that I know the answer he could only do what OU in Texas let him do yeah that's and the truth of who, it who was gonna come who was gonna make the conference better well in Texas spent so much time voting down Louisville and anybody else mm-hmm. they if, tried to bring in and I guess there's mm-hmm. there's no way of ever knowing the answer to this but if they would have expanded with a Louisville let's go Louisville and UCF would be there for me yeah every let's go time. UCF Louisville and UCF yep. if they would have added them back in 2012 would we be here right now? I mean, it's maybe, hard to say what maybe. would have happened nine years ago, ten years ago, but it's possible just because. I mean, really, Louisville is is no different than TCU. Mm-hmm. You know, think, if, it, I, TCU wouldn't want to hear that, but it's I it's, that, it's yeah. true. I don't think there's any program in the country that has more upside than UCF, as far as could be actually one of those. Those group of five schools that could become somebody someday. Hell, at least Louisville's been to a couple of women's Final Fours. Didn't they win a national championship not too long ago? I, within the last ten years. I mean, they probably well, should have. Let's they, say yes. I would. I would say this. <laughs> let's say yes. And I, look, I don't think it's like people talk about USC in the in the in the in you know possibly going to the SEC. Like, I just don't think that works. I think we've seen enough from West Virginia that. Being that far away removed from your other conference mm-hmm. members, it doesn't work. I mean, it's it, tough. it works, but it you know, it's not right for the kids. I mean, these are still, even though they can go out and make their own money now, most aren't. The time demands are ridiculous. It's too much to ask to, to, to take a USC kid and have him play games every weekend in the SEC. Oh, I mean, Bob Huggins has talked about it a little bit just – when they're in Norman for yeah. games or Stillwater, they'll usually mm-hmm. come in and try to play, you know, OSU on a Saturday, and then OU turn around and play on them on a Monday, on a Monday or night. Whatever. Yeah, it's and, it's a tough and ask. Then they'll be up and down in their performances. Like sure, they'll, they'll be a totally different team from one night to another. Just from the outside looking in, it would seem that West Virginia, the ACC, makes sense, but that's all contingent on what Notre Dame's going to do. ACC's not adding anybody if Notre Dame's not going to come in for full time. I can't believe that their TV that they would be able to get a big time TV contract on their own ACC? in this day and age. Oh, Notre Dame. Yeah, well, still a still a brand out there. It, I if if there's anything that we've learned here over the last week, it's that nationally there are still a lot of people that think Texas is playing good football. Yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Out, it's yeah. like Notre Dame's kind of the same same thing. Well, I mean, Notre guys, Dame's been in the college football playoffs, though. I mean, sure, sure, and they've hey, been, yeah, they've they been a lot a better. Hell of a team but if year. anything, I think it just reinforces this idea that not only does brand mean a lot, but that helmet means a lot, and just people for the general college football fan when they see Notre Dame or Texas or OU or whoever, they automatically equate that to football, and then it comes back to blue blood status. 
Guys, to bring it full circle, you know who seems to be the most confused about what Texas is as a football program right now? Texas A&M. Like, yeah, you should be dying so to play Texas right now. Sure. Yeah. You should be fought. Like, get them here now. We want to stomp them in front of every recruit in the state of Texas. Like, we, do this. The other thing we're, is we're people gonna, are, people are using, crazy. like, 2006 logic. Like, uh, like they're, oh, they have they have the players. They've had the players this whole time. They have never had a goddamn quarterback in forever. Like, Sam Ellinger would not start for a team that was trying to win a national championship that was seriously involved in the college football playoff. Sam Ellinger was not good enough to, to, to head up one of those types of teams. Guys, I, I hadn't really thought about this until this moment. How different are Sam Ellinger and Trevor Knight skills-wise? Sam Ellinger, super tough kid. I'm fine with that. But just pure natural physical tools. And they both had one great moment in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> New Orleans just brings the I'd best I never thought people. about it till just now, but I'm like, I don't think they're that different. Sam's bigger. He's tougher. I'm okay with all that. He's Yeah, that's the thing. He's probably not as fast as Trevor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor, and, and Trevor got... I mean, Trevor lost his job to Baker Mayfield. No shame in that. I bet they're both BFJ and too. Yeah. Sorry, just a rant literally came to me as we're having this conversation. No, but I mean, like, Bijan Robinson's the first time you've seen a Texas player in a while watching me go, oh, wow, that guy's good. Yep. Could, th that dude could play and, anywhere. And, and they had, uh, uh, what's his name on defense, Osai, Joseph Osai. Like, he's the only player on that defense that just stood out. And what, what was Joseph Osai, a third-round pick? Yeah, I mean, he was they, like a they, they they talked about him like he was – I mean, and that's not a diss on Texas. That just tells you where Texas is. No, oh, you've been they don't the have thing. the same I guys. Mean, their best players have been third-round draft picks. I mean, like Neville Gallimore is probably the best example. Like, we talked him up so much. And, you know, he yeah, was, he was such a game-changer, and he was such a physical freak. Uh, and he made – he was like number two on uh, Feldman's freaks list or whatever. Uh, and he was what? A third, was he a third or fourth-round pick? No later than third. I think it was That's, third. Pretty sure third. Yeah. But I mean, but it's like, you know, the whole time Kenneth Murray was the only real first round pick on that draft, on, on that defense. Yeah. And they're guys that we thought were good. They were okay. But like now it's just a totally different set of dudes that mm -hmm. they're putting out there. No, it's night and day. It is. Night and day. Unbelievably different. different. It is, I mean, it is legitimately an SEC-looking Well, defense. just, I mean, and we I kind of pointed it out yesterday, but uh, during the 20-minute Q&A with Lincoln Riley at the uh, CAB uh, advisory board thing, uh, they started on the defensive side of the football talking with Lincoln Riley. You think four years ago they're going over to the defensive side to talk about, like, you know, whoever on that side of the football that played in the Rose Bowl? Not a chance. Guys, you know it would be a... I, and I'm I'm almost tempted to now get into a story about this, uh, write something for the site. Twenty tw players from 2010 to 2019, pick any of them, any of them you want, and make a starting eleven on your defense. I bet you money you'd take the personnel that's on the roster this year. You mean an OU's roster from 2010? Yeah, to pick the best of 2010 to 2019. Go, you know, you have a 2010 corner, a 2019 D lineman, whatever you want. I bet you money you'd take the starting 11 they throw out this year. 
You might find some spots where one guy's better. You know, like Tony Jefferson. Sure, you'd rather have Tony Jefferson than anybody you've got oh, at yeah. safety. Oh yeah, they don't right have now. good safety. I mean, they don't have yeah. safety like Tony. But Jefferson. like by and large, the people you're going to have on this roster are better than the accumulation of a decade. God, you're really putting my knowledge to test because 2010 is like a line of demarcation. Like, well, I'm kind of uh, yeah, I'm kind of looking at like it. Jordan so, Phillips. I mean, you got Quentin Carter, uh, Jonathan ooh. Nelson. Jeremy Beal would have fit into that. That's an interesting one. Frank Alexander, uh, Travis Lewis, Stacey McGee. I mean, I don't know how you even look at that because the the difference between what he was in the NFL to what he was in college. Colvin, that's a good one. Um, Jordan Phillips. All, yeah, it's so better. early. It's like yep. 2010 or 2011. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, there was a, a there was a dramatic drop fall off. You, twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen to no contest. It's not even close. I mean, like um, that, like like that twenty thirteen defense was a good defense. I mean, they had mm-hmm. Corey Nelson and, and Frank Shannon and uh, Jordan Nelson Phillips, Geno Grissom. Yeah, Geno Grissom, Eric Stryker. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tapper. Yeah, I mean Tapper would have been young on that team, but he's you know uh, Sanchez. Right, that was, yeah, yeah, because that was breakout years for Sanchez. That was Tapper, that yeah. was the outlier defense, though. That unit, yep, between like the 2011 season, like 2012, kind of when Landry started taking over. That defense was good, and that was the last time they were good. That was 2009, like really good. I like that we don't miss an opportunity to be like this had something to do with Landry Jones. Like we we connected that dot, and I appreciate that about us. <laughs> I really feel like I let everything go with Landry Jones when he was in the XFL, and he actually just seemed like a genuinely good dude. Like I was like, wow, I wish I would have seen that Landry Jones throughout college. Because oh, I would have I would have been a fan of his. Landry Jones. It wasn't that he was a bad guy. He was just awkward. He'll forever be remembered as somebody that is a lot better than we probably give him credit for. That's the problem, though. A lot of people give him credit, though. Like, I'm thinking of you, Ashback. Like, what do you mean? uh, Just a lot of people. (laughs) You know, I think he was. It was was either or. I mean, it's kind of like you know our our entire country. It's like boomer bust. Everything is an extreme, one way or the other. Either. Landry Jones was awesome, or Landry Jones sucked. Yeah, there's very little uh, in between. Yeah, I live with one of those in one of those armies. Mine would stab him if she was given the opportunity. <laughs> she did not care for Landry Jones. Like I remember, we're watching with some friends of ours that were, were Texas alums. We're watching that West Virginia game years ago, and the one where he drives them down, they win late. Everything, you know, like one of Landry Jones's great moments. And they're like, this is the guy you hate? Like, we're Texas fans. We'd kill to have that guy. And and she's like, no, he's terrible. You, you saw the one good game. He's terrible. And I'm like, yeah, he owns think- every passing record in school history. Like the Kansas State game to, to 2012 or how he almost blew the 2010 Texas game. He just has those, those moments. They, they, I mean, they the fumbles against OSU out. in 2011 were just killer. I mean, and then after the game – he wants to take a moment before he answers Give any questions testimony. to talk about his Lord, you know, his, G- his Jesus as Lord and Savior. Mm. It's just like, dude, you're soft. You got full, full no comment there. <laughs> I mean, I, it's fine if you want to talk about your Lord and Savior, just not after you got your ass kicked by your hated in-state rival. 
after you, you spotted him after a, you spotted him 21 points in the second quarter. Yeah, use that to deflect. Sure. I mean, when you fumbled the ball inside your own 10-yard line twice and gave gave it to him. What didn't one of them just come out of his hand right into another player? So, yeah. Who just walked into the end zone? Yeah. I don't know if it was at the 10. It might have been like Man, he got triggered there for a minute. And I like flash He brings up like some I didn't realize Poor how memories. much I hated him for that game, though. It's just, I don't really hate him. I hate the grief that he caused us <laughs> with our message boards and, and, you know, pissed off fans. I guess He's I at just... the dawn of it. I used to... I, it's so funny because I used to care so much more about game threads than I do now. Now it's kind of... I think it's kind of like... I can only imagine, Josh, I'm, I'm giving an analogy that I don't deserve to give. I can imagine that at some point you kind of have to be like having a second child where everything is just not, the everything that happens is not, you know, DEFCON 1 or 5 or whatever the highest level is. I, can, I always screw that up. Um, uh, like now no, I'm just like the game fair. threads. Like I used to want the game threads to be perfect and like, no, you can't get it off track and like, uh, no one post anything else about the game. We've got a game thread for a reason. I used to get so uptight during games about that stuff, and now I'm just like, eh, f- it, whatever. You know. I'm really glad you dropped the f bomb because I was about to for you if you didn't there. So, uh, but yeah, that's that is. I, it's a perfect. It's a perfect analogy because as a parent of two, the first one, like I was telling like family members about this last week, they were kind of asking about Layla and. They're like, well, you know, what's it, you know, what is she like? I'm like, well, with Lainey, we knew, like, okay, bedtime's this. Okay, well, now we do about 30 minutes before we start turning off all the lights and we start, you know, like we have a bedtime ritual. With Layla, it's like, girl, it's time to go to bed. Just go, go, go to bed. Like, we, we, it's just, (laughs) it's a totally different animal that you're like, I, I don't have time to make your life the perfect little picture that I tried to paint for your sister. So, and that is, you know, someday, Layla's going to listen to this, as we've talked about many times. There's going to be a lot of therapy <laughs> that comes out of the girls listening yeah. to the podcast through the years. But that is that is what it is. These are my chronicles. These, they can listen to them when I'm old and, you know, suffering from dementia. Uh, let's quickly talk about uh, the, the cab deal yesterday, because you guys both were there for a reason. And, uh, Bob, you've kind of uh, thrown some stuff out there, but... Uh, what was your you, you talked you heard from Lincoln Riley it was all moderated by Toby Rowland uh, and then uh, Calvin Thibodeau and Kale Gundy spoke uh, both you and Eddie kind of give me some of your takeaways what you know what what you really thought about what stood out to you I guess yeah I mean you just hear the excitement when it comes to the defense you know, there's depth there's experience there's playmaking ability you know they've got it all they know they have it all. And it's just about getting those guys all to produce at the at the same time, and that almost sounds like might be one of the issues. Trying to figure trying to figure out the snap count or exactly how you're going to get all those guys among the linebackers, defensive line onto the field because you can't play them all at once. But I think the best part was Cal Thibodeau. I mean, when he was asked questions, he didn't try to hedge or you know say, "Oh, it's everybody." When he was asking who's guys to watch he'd mentioned jordan kelly that's someone that's under radar that's really gonna make a splash when you want to know who the leader is it is isaiah thomas but perry on winfrey just brings a certain something that no one else on that defense can can bring and 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 that's what we've been talking about that's the type of guys that they didn't have three four years ago that now they have even before they make a move to the 
SCC, and that's the type of guys that they're really hoping, you know, end up being the leaders throughout the course of the season and try to get them to that eighth national championship. Yeah, I just kind of echo everything that Bob said. He hit all the kind of the key points. There was nothing really that you walked away saying whoa about, but it was a good overview, and we got video of uh, the Riley session that was about 20 minutes and then the uh, Kel Gundy and Calvin Thibodeau session that was about 10 minutes on the board. Uh, It just kind of was a good nuts and bolts type overview of everything that goes into the season. And I think that, you know, it's going to be particularly interesting to see what kind of opportunities some of the young guys are going to be given uh, at the beginning of the season, Uh, whether it be a Clayton Smith or an Ethan Downs, who a lot of people have talked about, or a Danny Stutzman, who a lot of people have talked about. Uh, you know, coming in, uh, Mario Williams, obviously, in that group. I know that, uh, Josh, you kind of hit on him on uh, in Oklahoma today uh, on, on the board. And I think that, you know, it's going to be particularly interesting just to see what number of those guys step up and then what number of the guys that are returning, uh, you know, whether it be a Jeremiah Cradell or a Justin Harrington, who really hasn't ever had his opportunity to get his, um, you know, career started in Norman, which is kind of weird to say. So, uh, you know, I, I think I'm kind of in between. You, you know the, the the regular cast of characters that are going to be you know asked to be big contributors, whether it be a Perry and Winfrey or an Isaiah Thomas or Jordan Kelly or uh, you know Caleb Kelly or whoever. But who are going to be some of those guys that start developing depth? And you know, I think that if there's anything that we've learned over the last four or five seasons, you got to have a bunch of those uh, dudes when you get to the college football playoffs. So I'm a little. Uh... Not concerned is the right word. Curious, I think, maybe. Because now that Buki is gone, who's going to be the guy that... Every, I think everybody is going to be on pins and needles wanting to know how good Jeremiah <laughs> Cradell is. Uh, and any mistakes that he makes, I, I could see him being the guy that the fans kind of get after. Like, there's always some guy that gets it worse than he should. Oh, it's Fields. It's always, it's oh, yeah. It's it, yeah. Fields. Yeah, him or uh, Turner Gal. I would imagine. Guys, you know, obviously a lot of people saw that that tweet about uh, from Matt Zenitz, I think, about the Keyshawn Lawrence. Now, well, he tested. And I, I've, I've heard good things. I mentioned some of it in Woke this morning. Who do you think he's competing with? Like, I kind of thought he might be of the nickel type, but it sounds like Cradell is maybe – Taking that Cadella spot, and he's Bowman just too talented to yeah, not try to have a, like yeah, a yeah. So, like, I mean, is, are they putting him up against Fields? You think? I mean that 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 seems like the most. I mean, I could. We all know I'm I'm a Turner Yell guy. I'm not as big as I used to be, but I think he's. I think he is a player you can win with. Man, Fields. I, I don't know if no. I mean, obviously, you can win a lot of games with Pat Fields. Do I think you can go play Alabama with Pat Fields and not not potentially get stung for that? No, I, I think I think that's a matchup they would go at. Hmm. I I think the thing about Pat Fields is he doesn't he can't catch a football. Like that Iowa State game was such a great example of if you would have just caught the damn ball, that would have been a totally different game. And then the he did in the championship. Yeah. With his first career interception. Which that sounds crazy for as much as he's played for that to be his first. Yeah, but no, and Josh, being, I think being that, the deep middle guy. Yeah. I think that yep. Key Lawrence, yeah, he's he's standard safety. And and I don't even think you really 
differentiate that much between Fields and Yale. That's I, fair. I think, I think they. It's like I remember. Was there a game where, well, when Turner Yale broke his collarbone in the? I mean, like, in the, it, you know, that was another terrible memory. Of course, with Justin Fields came in and played. Uh, Broyles. Or Justin Broyles. Um, God, he's out of college. You think that I'd stop making like he's a he's a he's a he's Chicago a bear. bear. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Scaring Aaron Rodgers into retirement. <laughs> yes. No. He's oh back. no. <laughs> That's where we are with Bob. The Bears have Justin Fields. It's okay. They have the best quarterback in the division. Everybody knows that. Oh uh, no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, I judge my quarterbacks based on if they go back for Christmas. No, but the the <laughs> the Billy Bowman thing. I mean, that's to me, that's the real. I mean, like if Cordell doesn't do well, I think Billy Bowman showed him enough for where they're just like, yeah, we'll just play him instead. I don't think you have that at the safety position. Bowman like was another fields. guy that you know Riley kind of mentioned yesterday. Is he's he's going to be counted on? They like him enough yeah. that he's going to be in there. I think yeah, it was I mean, a, we're just we're sort of waiting for like a Kendall Dennis or Bryson Washington or like some of those guys to break on through. Yeah, to me, Bryson Washington is the one that's just kind of the, and I think you know COVID statistically, you know, Woody Washington probably had a better freshman season than we want to remember. Absolutely, I've been on the Woody Washington uh, train for a long time. I like I said, I was surprised talking to somebody yesterday where I you know I I know. We've all been pretty big on both he and DJ Graham, and I talked to some people who are like it sounds like it's going to be a little bit rotational. I mean, I mean, and obviously that's part of what Alex Grinch does, but I mean, guys like Latrell McCutcheon. I mean, there are some other guys that have come on and are apparently playing, and you know, I guess not even playing, playing to some degree, but just putting in the work to be in that rotation, be guys that can make a difference. So that. That's, I mean, that's maybe the most confusing thing about the Justin Harrington thing. They feel so good about what's at corner, and safety just feels like a giant shrug. I, I just, I don't understand why that wouldn't get a another look. I know, I don't. I think that'll be one of the first things I'll ask Alex Grinch in fall camp. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, and and from everything that you hear and everything that we've been told about Latrell McCutcheon, like he makes them better being on the field even if you have good guys like he's such a ball hawk it sounds like he would make the defense better if he were the starter i mean if he were out there more than anyone else they'd be better eddie can attest that dude is not going to be overwhelmed Mm -mm. at any point in time whether it's physical or confidence that that's that's a dude that has true belief in himself and everything we've ever watched from him he backs it up no doubt about it Mm. Going from yesterday on offense, Anton Harrison is the one that I would circle from Riley just sort of bringing him up and just saying flat out, this guy looks like one of the best tackles we've had in years. And you think about, you know, what he was able to do as a true freshman through the COVID year. And I know we're still sort of wondering how that tackle position is going to shake out. I think you got to definitely say Harrison will be one of those two starters. I'll Which make is, a prediction right now. Anton Harrison is starting in the first snap of the season. <laughs> at, left, at left tackle. At, oh, at left. Le- okay. 
Yeah, huh? left or right. That's one thing that Lincoln didn't say. He just said that either tackle spot. Yeah, he. Um, that. That's one of those guys. I mean, like and last year we talked this, about it over and, and over. Because I know people are going to get confused. Here's the. I'll, I'll make that prediction further. He will be starting, and Wanye Morris will not be. So Swenson's going to – who's going to be the so – Don't mention that name, Bob. Well, don't mention that you name. just said Morris isn't starting. I didn't, so but, well, I didn't invoke a Swenson reference. I mean, you know We're having such a goes. nice day, Bob. My God, are you trying to kill us all? Let <laughs> me mention a certain linebacker that came back for uh, six year. I almost don't, don't. mentioned it uh, when when Josh started shitting on DTY, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. He's an all-state. Don't, don't make any bets. Don't make any bets. Don't make any bets. Okay, I'm good. No. I'm good. I was. I got let the moment pass. What I'm about, fine are you, about my anti? I'm not shaving my head. There'll be no head shaving. <laughs> I don't know who the other started because now I mean Stacy Wilkins obviously couldn't be the guy, and he he left the program, so I, I don't know who looks like. Oh, that's that's the guy that's going to step up. And it's Finley Felix, tackle. Bob. Oh I don't know God. why you're sleeping on Finley Felix. I'm God, but I mean, like you look at it. So you've got if it's not Morris, you've got Marcus Hicks, you've got Savion Bird, you've got Noah Nelson, who's not really part of the program right now. They started playing Bray out at tackle oh. a little bit in the spring. They did, yeah. Finally, after Bill said that would never happen, basically. Because they feel, you know, Andrew Rame, Chris Murray, Tyrese Robinson, Marquise Hit, like they've got guys in the interior, but where's the help on the tackle? I don't know. Do you slide Aaron Parks out there? I mean, he's athletic enough. He could do I mean, Again, I don't, don't know where he's at. but Since he's been on campus. Yep. Not, not that, that doesn't say too much when you think of COVID and he was a true freshman, but we have not heard that name one time. Sure. Or does Tyrese Robinson move out there because you feel better about having more interior I think guys. that's a possibility, yeah. Yep, that yeah. sounded like something they're toying around with. So anyway, that was just my little sidetrack there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you did mention, and we've talked about this on the board. Um, by the way... I want to make this. I'm not reporting anything. That's just a prediction. All right. So don't get all up in arms and like, why did you do that on the pod and not tell us on the board? I'm not telling. I'm just making a prediction. That's all I'm doing. As far as Anton Harrison, uh, Eddie, or maybe it was Bob. I know you guys were talking in the war room yesterday. Kind of, it was telling about Lincoln Riley. Kind of just having a throw-in sentence on Marcus Major yesterday. Yes. Very, they asked about running backs, and he went all in once again, trying to get this ingrained in people's heads. There's two starters. It's Gray and Brooks. Don't worry about who's starting. They're all going to they're gonna play the majority of the snaps. And then he mentioned Trey Bradford coming in, and it's just the very last sentence. Yeah, Marcus Major has been improving as well. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And there's talk. I mean, well, I don't want to dance around. We've, yeah, we've addressed I mean, it on the board. There's talk of yeah. you know being ineligible academically, um, which I completely agree with people. You like I, you have to try to be ineligible. Former football players told me the same thing. Like you have to work really hard. To, I don't. To I, not I, be I eligible. don't understand how that happens. To be completely, they honest. hold your hand so much, you have to literally go out of your way to become ineligible. Yes, and we'll see. I mean. 
I think the first time that we're going to be able to talk to Lincoln is uh, probably a week from Thursday. So, uh, you know, I I don't want to go either way on that right now. I think that's probably the best way to say it. And I have not heard anything about a Meet the Sooners Day, of course, with NIL, name, image, likeness out there. Uh, you, I think everybody wonders how that's going to work out. I've seen other schools that are doing it. Are there other schools? Like, I haven't seen much. Yeah, uh, it's not, like, big. I, like... I think Alabama announced that they were still doing it. Did they? If they had, I'd miss that. What do they call that? The running of the gumps? Well, I think they call it uh, Alabama, like, Fan Appreciation Day. But, yes, it is notoriously known as running of the gumps, which is just, (laughs) it's so perfect. (laughs) Those gumps are going to have to be faster now to get those free autographs. I I just remember at OU, it got out of control at one point. I think it was when Sam Bradford was there. Uh, it was his. It was a. It was, yeah. His going into the '09 season, maybe. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. A dude brought a OU football helmet couch, and dragged it. And that was back when it was in the practice fields. So he had to have that couch with him. Like he would have dragged that at least a mile. God. Is and it I worth was just it? Like, I was just like. No. It, it had been cut down right over the last four or five years as far as, like, they were limiting it to... Uh, Just the children. Know, bring yeah. your children. and the which, children. I don't and it's done under it. the stadium. I hope they have it. I mean, I hope they, they find a way to have it. I, I mean, th- and that's the thing the NCAA's got to figure out how to, you know, fix. Like, sure. How do I, we do this I to where we can pay some of the players? Than anything else, I think it's COVID. For yeah, this year. with the spike, that might be it. I mean, that's scaring people again. Yeah, I mean, I could see. Sorry, Eddie. It. I I know you don't want to go down this path. That's just ridiculous. Can't avoid it though. Oh my god! I mean, radio stations are like trying to. They tell me one time, and they're like, hey, we need to do it at noon. I'm like, no, we got to do a podcast. And they're like, hey, can we push this to 140? I'm like, I never agreed to you should, do this you in the should first just place. Have a, uh, you should just have a recording <laughs> that you play. It's like, this is what you get for each answer. You just push a button. And then and then it, they'll ask a like they'll ask another question. It'll just be the same answer, and just they'll the be the like, same what's jokes. going on? Yeah. Just the same jokes over and over again. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Outside that now, Josh, uh, let's get to this before we get out of here. Uh, the weekend is developing. You're seeing more names coming out. Kind of talk about what's happening there with OU. Yeah, you know, it is – the thing that's getting interesting is it feels like there's some sort of pattern to this thing, and I haven't quite figured out what that pattern is. So, uh, for example, Corbin Green, uh, defensive back from Booker T. Washington – tweeted out that he was going to be in Norman this weekend. Micah Tease is also supposed to be in Norman this weekend. In case anyone doesn't know, they have a teammate named Gentry Williams that you'd have to think maybe hitches a ride with either one of his two teammates and makes it down to Norman this weekend. So I would take that as a – if you get Gentry to campus, I almost don't care what else happens. Like, I don't expect it to be some massive weekend. I think the problem was from the start – People are like, oh, it's a, it's another barbecue. No, it's not that. It, I, I'm not I, I'm not gonna say it's anything close to that or anywhere near that. It's just 
I think they're trying to find a few guys they want to focus on. Xavier Bryce is expected to be there. Um, I'm trying to pull up the actual list I have, but yeah, there is like Robert Spears, Jennings, like the guys that were only involved in single person visits. Might be good to get them all in a group setting. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and I, I think that is some of what you're looking at. It's just because like. Xavier Bryce, like you said, Bob, kind of came up. Now he didn't do the camp setup like um, like Robert did, but same kind of idea. He was kind of one on one. It was a little more isolated. So I, I think you're going to get some chance to you know mitigate some of that. Now there are guys that I've checked with that I need to you know frankly need to check back with because now we're getting close enough to where I get less of the I don't know. It's either yes or no. But um, guys like Kobe McKenzie. I mean, I, I think this may be an opportunity for 2022 to kind of build some connections you know guys to get to know each other a little more familiar with one another some of that more so than a big weekend with a bunch of five stars and that kind of stuff so i think that's probably more of what you're looking at and i hate to kind of temper enthusiasm but i like i said you get gentry you get a few other guys on campus and i think you're okay i think this is a good weekend that you can kind of capitalize on and unlike the champ you where you know, like we all talked about that whole week leading up, can OU really manage this many guys? The coaches get to have more real time with these kids rather than just like running from, you know, one Rivals 100 guy to another trying to make sure they get they get enough attention to not feel left out. This time you really can kind of sink in, sit down, and, and talk with the coaches about whatever questions these guys may have. By the way, uh, yeah, we talked about you know, SEC and what it means for Oklahoma recruiting. And I know until anybody knows when Oklahoma is leaving, it's probably not an issue for like current recruits. But I just thought about this when you're talking about it. I think Eddie's bring, brought COVID in here. Um, it's Delta. It's not COVID. <laughs> um, Already had COVID. Survived. Well, they say you can't get it. Well, you're, if you really actually had it, you're mm-hmm. more... You're more. Uh, no, I think I'm losing my voice. Is what I think is happening. Throat cancer. Okay. Um, <laughs> not rolling that out. <laughs> we we cannot rule that out right now. Uh, no, but here here's when you start talking about Gentry Williams. I'm thinking insane guys like Josh. Do you think that you? I mean, what's going to be interesting is watching these Big Twelve teams that have decent recruits that aren't going to the SEC. And my first thought was. Wow, could this change anything for Talon Shetron? You know, and that's come up. I I just don't see that. I mean, I, Talon's not that kind of guy. I mean, it, it was never for him, you know, oh, I, I got to play in the biggest conference or I got to play the best competition. Well, not playing he in loved- the big, big, best conference, just not playing in a conference maybe. <laughs> I mean, if I mean, what if OSU goes to the Pac-12? I mean, that's obviously good. But what if they yep. stay in the Big Twelve and and they only have eight teams? Like and like, I, don't get me wrong. I don't see any way they wouldn't see that as a negative. But I don't see it being enough to overcome the decision he's made with his brother. Uh, and everything. The, yeah. yeah, I think say so. part of it. Now, if he let's say Tabry had been offered yesterday and Talon hadn't done anything, then I think you really have an interesting debate. I think something happens. But it feels like, you know, they already kind of, you know, they ripped the Band-Aid off. Like, at some point, 
we're, we're just where we are. I mean, this is just not that kind of family that's going to do the chaos. I mean, that, that's not the way they operate. And I know some OU fans don't want to hear that they'd rather dislike the Shetrons. They're really good people that don't want to mess with this and go through all these, these, this trial and chaos. So, like I said, I, I would be very surprised. I, like I said, unless something really changes and, you know, and, and it becomes clear that Oklahoma State's in a bad way, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see any way he doesn't end up in Stillwater. All right. So we're gonna. We want to end on that positive note. <laughs> on that note. No, I mean, I, look, I never had. I don't. I. I would hope that people didn't have like thoughts, like, oh, sure. I bet we're gonna get talent uh, it's back. An, now. It's a. It's an easy decision. I mean, uh, not decision, but it's an easy question to ask, though. Yeah. I mean, it has to. It has to be thrown out there. Oh, there. sure, sure. No, it. 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 it I honestly. Uh, you know, kind of full disclosure here. When it happened, I sent uh, his dad a message like, "Man, you guys must have really pissed Oklahoma off." And I, he didn't re- he didn't respond for a little while. I was like, "Dude, I totally meant that as a joke. I, I really hope you didn't take that as any sort of you know." Because I I tried to avoid some of that, but it was just too funny to not do it. And that uh, no, I, I mean, I talked to him a little bit. I mean, they they were it was very much like, "Wow, this is just kind of interesting." You know, it wasn't. Oh, we gotta, we gotta, you know, think about things or anything like that. It was just, it's kind of wild times. Kind of so, like everybody um, else out there. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. What they is were, going they on? were caught off guard as anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all wonder how this is going to end up. I mean, that's the thing. Nobody knows until, no. until something happens. You don't even know what your future is. If like, you're I think the most interesting questions as far as like now that we know what's happening, everything's out there kind of. I want to know. And, I don't even know if these are questions that will ever be asked or, I mean, answered or be able to be answered, but how many people at OU knew? I was told from a source that said he bets there was less than five people that knew inside the athletic department. When did Lincoln find out? It would have to be – well, that had to be Joe. Uh, Joe. Joe, Joe. Lincoln. Yeah. Maybe Mossman. Maybe Kenny. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of Larry Nafee, maybe. I, Nafee? I, I'm yeah. just throwing names out there. I have no idea. Yeah, that would be a five. Uh, Zach would probably know. Selman. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Joe. But you'd have to. You'd have to bring in the the the, the It's arm. it's it's yeah. the top. You know, the upper echelon of the uh, athletic department. Did Porter Moser know anything? Was he even led down a path of maybe this could happen in the future? Or did so they I, just give him a bunch of new Jordans to be happy that he had? Like, <laughs> they, just like they, they could, it seems to me like they could just keep Porter Moser happy with Jordans. Yeah, like he loves Jordans yeah. so much. And I guess, I guess there's only two things, but yeah, because and then when Lincoln found out, because the, hey Porter, we got to cut your recruiting budget. Here's some Jordans. The though. the super like conspiracy theorist, and I heard somebody call in. I think it was Al's show or somebody. And Al's obviously he's out of town right now, but it was uh, like. Kale Gundy needs to be arrested was the take because he didn't tell Mike about it, <laughs> which was just like it's it's banana land thinking to even begin with. But if you like look at it, I bet Kale didn't know. Like, I would imagine there were not a lot of assistant coaches that knew just for the fact that, like, you can't tell anybody. Like, I'd, I'd heard yeah, that I think there's zero. I don't think that there's people that inside that. of Joe Castiglione's home that knew. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, kudos to Joe C, kudos to CDC. Like, those guys could kill somebody because they're not telling anybody. They've passed the, uh, they've passed the, uh, the bachelor party invite list. 
You you can bring them along. They're not going to tell anybody what happens. I, I'm a big Harris mob too. movie fan. I, I did not know who he was all about, but he's not. I mean, he got it him to make this type of move within the first couple of years being on the job. And it really is amazing. And it's even more amazing to, that Texas kept it quiet. Does it matter at all what what Harris does from here on in? Like he's That's a right. he's a god to OU fans forever. Like it doesn't matter <laughs> at all. That's usually the he effect. could be like we're we're just gonna focus on being an agricultural school and we're gonna literally teach nothing here. But we're in the SEC. That's usually the uh, it's just the presence that Putnam City North Panthers bring to the table. Oh, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> get a Panther in there. Get him to the SEC. That's all that matters. All right. Uh, anything else we need to hit on? Uh, hey, what is the Panthers wise, not giving the University of Oklahoma? Got them to the SEC, <laughs> got them a Heisman Trophy, <laughs> and they got them me. It's unbelievable. Couldn't, yeah, get, them, national couldn't get them that eight. We're working on that, Bob. Working on that. But I won't have anything to do with that, unfortunately. Well, for except for the bag you dropped from Malachi. Uh, yeah, and, you know, we – Spin all that anyway, so it doesn't even matter. There is no more. We need more. <laughs> that all went to tacos and be here. Yeah, I was like, hey, make sure you take care of. Uh, uh, I I always want to call him Malachi Lemon, but I know it's Makai Lemon. Makai. Mm-hmm. I don't think we had enough though. I had to come back. <laughs> all right, uh, last chance. Anything that anybody needs to throw out there before we get out. It's on your mind. I don't think so. Like the next time that we uh, come into the podcast studios, though, it's going to be literally football season or preseason football season. We might we might want to wait next week if if we do maybe a preview next week and then a uh, recap of everything because we're going to have local media day and stuff like that. So it is uh, it's here. Like I was telling somebody earlier this week, it's like at some point we're going to have to go from SEC like conference realignment into holy shit the the football season starts in like two weeks and that's what i'm here for that that's why let's writing. make the turn i'm ready to make the turn <laughs> um before we go we've got to give eddie a moment here do you want to comment on tathan martell at all or how, how you feeling you know i just i hope to god that he can find his his home back at home in las vegas i think they should uh i think netflix camera should pick up where they left off with uh qb1 qb1 yeah this could be like qb9 that in all seriousness though that timeline that uh i forgot who Didn't put it out there tight end, though is hutchinson but yeah that is unbelievable like everything that nine he has been years since he initially committed to washington it's crazy wow and at some point you would think like people would just be like yeah man like you're a good kid probably we like having you around but are you gonna ever contribute it's got to be connected to the sister right i don't know she's probably on meth anyways nowadays (laughs) her instagram following plummeted after her brother didn't succeed and probably she just got what her name was what was her name riley riley Riley. Mm -hmm. won't ask why you know that (laughs) <laughs> All I, right. I'm, I'm a little surprised myself I didn't have to think harder about that uh, Not on math Not on math Okay Alright uh, Looking uh, She's still at Ohio State It looks like though 
Hmm. Well, that was from April. Maybe not. She looks thick with uh, three, C's. three C's, maybe. Okay. Especially around the bottom area. <laughs> okay, that's it. The pod <laughs> is over. We officially jumped the shark. Uh, thanks to everybody I mean, for listening. You tell me. Wow. Yeah. Little Iggy Azalea going there. Yeah, that's a good good comparison. I'm going to DM her, see if she wants to come on next week. Okay. Uh, you do that. Uh, we will be back next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.